South Africa is one of Africa's richest countries, but it can't keep the lights on. Power cuts are affecting people at home, on the roads, at work too, and it's taking its toll. Nine hours, 10 hours of no electricity as it rotates around the country. It's really very devastating to the country to have um, electricity turned off. It may be devastating, but it's not a surprise. Well, this is a disaster of South Africa's own making because there were calls, there were warnings from many years ago, not even just 20 years, but dating back. But the warnings weren't heeded. And this is the point that South Africa has reached. Last year, there were planned power cuts on 205 days. This year, it's already 129. That's every single day except two. And these power cuts can last for hours. They're needed because the system can't meet demand. Without them, the whole system could collapse. People would experience a week without any electricity at all. And um, that's going to affect things like uh, communications. It's like an enforced national uh, shutdown. This hasn't happened yet, but regular power cuts are now part of life. And to explain why, we need to look at South Africa's coal-fired power stations. They account for 86% of the electricity it produces, but they're struggling to keep up. The state power utility ESCOM admits they're unreliable. One consultancy says they're run exceptionally hard and under-maintained. And this connects the decisions reaching back years. For the last 29 of them, the African National Congress, the ANC, has been in power. In 1999, Thabo Mbeki succeeded Nelson Mandela as president. Nine years later, he admitted, when ESCOM said to the government, we think we must invest more in terms of electricity generation, we said no. We were wrong. ESCOM was right. Or as the broadcaster Reddy Khabi puts it, ESCOM anticipated, they projected, they knew that South Africa would run out of energy unless it made the necessary uh, investments. The government ignored them. In 2007, though, after years of warnings, the government did act. Construction began on two enormous coal power stations. But this hasn't gone to plan. Ultimately, the design turned out to be a flop. Not only did they turn out to cost more than double of what they were projected initially, they also uh, took roughly double as long to, to actually be built. The ANC has sought to distance itself from the process. It said of one contract, the ANC has not participated in the said transaction. Wherever the blame lies, after 16 years, these power stations are not at capacity. Last year, the Casile plant had to be partially shut down after a chimney collapsed. In 2021, an explosion at the Madupi plant damaged the generator. Work goes on at both to fix the problems. And the overall challenge of electricity production connects to something else too, corruption. And there were new allegations earlier this year. The source was Andre de Reuter, who until February was CEO of ESCOM. According to South Africa's News 24, Mr de Reuter is now believed to be staying in Germany. He left South Africa earlier this year after he'd given an interview. And in it, he claimed at least four organized crime cartels are operating in ESCOM and that someone had put cyanide in his coffee in an attempted murder. The BBC can't verify that claim. And Mr. De Reuter went on. My rough estimate of the amount of money that gets stolen in ESCOM every month is in the region of a billion rand every month. A billion rand is about $55 million. $55 million a month. And this is the BBC's Nomsa Maseka on a conversation that Mr. De Reuter alleges that he had. 
when he questioned uh, the powers that be, particularly from the governing party, he was told, allow the comrades to eat. In its response to Andre de Reuter, the ANC said it rejected his unfortunate, irresponsible and baseless claims of alleged political meddling and corruption at the embattled power utility. It says allegations about the ANC are false and that it's suing him for defamation. It adds, we will challenge him for saying our party is corrupt and failing to prove how. But Mr. De Reuter isn't alone in connecting the power cuts to allegations of malpractice. Money was set aside, billions, uh, to, 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 to give to the power utility, to invest in new coal stations, generating power capacity, bringing in expertise and so on. It is that money that was looted and stolen under corruption. And corruption has been documented by a vast judicial inquiry. Last year, it found 14.7 billion rand of ESCOM's contracts are calculated to have been afflicted by state capture. In other words, by corruption. That's more than $900 million, much of it looted during the 2010s, when Jacob Zuma was president. Mr Zuma's always denied corruption allegations. But more broadly, this inquiry captured the extent of corruption in South Africa. And that's why the power cuts are about much more than electricity. So the power crisis in this country is one small example of the true picture of what South Africa is currently um, going through, be it corruption, be it crime, um, you know, be it mismanagement. South Africa's current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has talked of his commitment to fighting corruption. That is long-term work, as is addressing South Africa's power capacity and reducing its reliance on coal. But right now, the power cuts are happening and they're coming at a cost. Because of the electricity shortage in particular, the rate of economic growth is, is often close to 1%, sometimes less than 1%, and uh, is actually less than our population growth rate. As all of this plays out, South Africa heads into what the government calls an exceptionally difficult winter, and it's reiterated its determination to get to grips with the crisis. But on power cuts, or load shedding as it's called, there have been promises before. There will never, never, never be load shedding again. That's not what happened. And this illustrates why, to some commentators, this is a story of long-term political failure. The problem here is a lack of leadership and short-sightedness where political expediency was put above the well-being of the nation. And that's why the economy and the people of South Africa are paying such a heavy price. The ANC would deny its interests at anything other than South Africa's, but it doesn't deny the severity of the moment. The energy crisis is an existential threat to our economy and to the social fabric of our country. And so, while this is a story specific to South Africa, there's a broader lesson here that systems do have breaking points, moments when the state can no longer provide for the people it serves, moments that are almost always years in the making.